How to Tell Stories to Children is a bi-weekly podcast exploring the science and methodology of storytelling. I am Silke Rose West. And I am Joseph Saracy. We are the authors of How to Tell Stories to Children. Our goal is to foster diverse storytelling by helping individuals like you awaken to the storyteller within. We appreciate your support. You can find our children's stories, exclusive tutorials, live Q&As, and more benefits on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash howtotellstoriestochildren or by visiting our website at howtotellstoriestochildren.com. Help us spread the love of storytelling by becoming a patron today. Good morning, Silka. Good morning, Joe. You know, I wanted to begin today with a question uh, one of our listeners uh, wrote in. And, uh, but before I do, I just want to remind our listeners that we really do love to hear from you. And uh, we do give priority to our patrons on Patreon, but anybody can reach us through our website. Uh, we have a little about page. And if you want to submit topics or questions to us, uh, we love to address those in this podcast and elsewhere. A mother wrote in and asked if we had any ideas for storytelling and themes to help with cleaning and chores and other tasks around the house that sometimes children might be resistant to. And Silka, I know that you really are an expert on that topic. What are your thoughts? Thanks for asking. And uh, yeah, thank you to all the listeners to bring forth your questions. In my world of kindergarten, I would always sing a song when it became to clean up time. Clean up time was always around the same time of the day, so there was a rhythm to it. The song that I would sing went like that. I met a little dusty gnome. He said it's time to clean our room. Round, round, round. Swish, 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 clean our room. And I called on this little clean-up gnome named Dusty to help me. To help me use my voice to invite children into a cleaning activity. Dusty gnome is now also a helper. So it's not like you need to clean up, it's time to clean up. There is a beautiful invitation through song and then through bringing in a magical helper. And on a day when a child might not feel so motivated, we might say, well, Dusty Gnome has to maybe help along today. But at least you get to do a little something. And then I would look at the room and I would actually break it down into different areas and Maybe I'll look at the floor and say, well, looks like there are many things on the floor. Perhaps I'm going to send you a floor mouse to help along. Would you like to be a floor mouse? And so then we are just focusing on the floor rather than on the whole room. Sometimes when children are asked to clean up, they look at basically the whole room, whether it's the living room and the kitchen or the bedroom, and they get overwhelmed. 
And the thought, alone the thought, to have to clean up everything actually brings forth a resistance. And it's like, I can't do it. It's too much. So when we bring it into this place of narrowing it down to just one section, just one thing that needs to be done, that can be really helpful. Let's say the child has uh, Legos all over the floor. But there are so many, and then we'll say, well, I'm going to call on the cleanup mousies to clean up all the blue and white ones, but you're going to clean up all the red and black ones. How about the child then is given again the opportunity to receive help, but the floor mice can't do it alone. And if they see that you're not helping, they will run away and then you'll have to do it all alone. Most likely that is an invitation that draws every child in, that the child is like, oh yeah, I want the help from the floor mice. But maybe it's also a day where you see that your child has extra energy and you could say, oh, today the floor mouses, they are not well. I wonder if you could clean up the whole floor today. And then you could also go to things that are on tables and on shelves and you could say well who wants to be a shelf fairy and clean up the shelf and dust it off or put the books in order maybe there's a book gnome in the shelf who is gonna look and see if you need any help you can call on him okay can i maybe can i just kind of hit our bullet points there a few there number one first thing i heard you say was rhythm and I agree that, that is, that's just an extremely important thing in any, anything that's going on with children. So to have that uh, routine so that they know what to expect. Another piece that I hear you saying is to individuate, create small tasks, not we have to clean the entire room, but we're cleaning our toys off the floor, or we're, we're sweeping the room, we're dusting the table, we're even picking up the individual colors of our Legos. Children sometimes love those tasks. One other point I wanted to touch on was that you used the example of gnomes, and I, I've come to love that and appreciate that, and there's such a sweetness in everything that you say and do. <laughs> and, and I know that that's not how all of us are as parents. I mean, some of us are just a little bit more crunchy. So, you know, maybe if a gnome doesn't resonate with you, I like the floor mousies. That's cool. But it could be a little car, you know, maybe it could be a toy car. It could be any character or something that resonates with your child or with you and your family. Okay, that's enough. I just wanted to reiterate those points. And it would be also helpful to find baskets or containers that have certain things in it so that the child also knows where to put it. If everything is thrown into a big box or into the corner, the child actually will not know how to organize. And so if you could give a place for all the things that are for the dolls or a place for all the cars, a place for all the building blocks, a place for the puzzles. And can I tie that in? Because I I think that you're speaking some really smart things, but help us tie that into storytelling more because these are all great suggestions, but how is it specifically that we're telling a story and helping a child kind of get caught up in that story? Because I see how they're acting it out. There's this kind of play acting and there's this story of the gnomes coming in. But how is that relevant to us as how to tell stories to children and not just like, you know, how to be a good parent? (laughs) Right. Well, let's just say that 
We have some children that have started to build something with building blocks and they're so excited. It's a little city, but you have dinner guests coming and you actually need the living room cleaned up. You already can see that it's going to be hard for your children to clean up all this, this beautiful little city that they have built. And at that point, I would take one of the cars or trucks that is nearby and I would actually drive close to the city and with that truck I would come and say hello hello any building blocks for sale because I heard that this city needs to be taken down soon and I would like to be of help I need a driver who can drive the truck and who would be the one that would load all the blocks onto the truck it would be great if we could help together because there's going to be a great feast later on and all the blocks that are still in the way, they will probably be picked up by the dump truck and we want to avoid that. How can we help together? Yeah, I, okay, that, that really helps because what you're suggesting is not it's the end of playtime and you have to clean up and put everything away. It's we're creating this storyline that helps a child play into the cleanup. And let's say some children are really engaged in, in play with the dolls and all the doll clothes are out or cloth or they have made a beautiful setup, have made a house and all of a sudden you, again, you have a situation, well, we have some visitors coming or it's time to go to bed and I really need the living room cleaned up. I would probably uh, go and hold one of the dolls and say, oh, can I see the little doll? And then I would tell the doll, oh, do you know, it's time for you to go to bed very soon. And I hope that your mama is able to do all the work. Perhaps you could help her because she needs to clean up the whole house that she has built for you. I know that you could be patient. Perhaps you could sit in the little doll carriage while mama cleans up all the things. What I really hear you saying is how you're entering a child's imagination and their imaginary space rather than as a parent, but you're participating. You're entering at their level. You're enjoying that story and you're expanding it and you're shifting it. And so it's, oh, it's actually so beautiful and subtle how storytelling can do this for so many tasks. But in this cleanup task, because we all know as parents, when you, you know, if you confront your child, hey, it's time to clean up, or you know what, you have to eat your vegetables. You know, it's so easy for that to just boil into a raging conflict, right? But when you enter through the doorway of story, it is easy for a child to be receptive and to feel like they own it. They're part of it. They're part of the activity. They can see that magical child realm, and yet the task that you're looking for them to do fits in. It's such a powerful tool. Yeah, and then with older children, like I have worked with some older children stacking wood, they sometimes like to bring in something like, wow, there is uh, something hiding in the wood pile. It's a number, and I don't know what the number is, but let's see. 
And the number is going to be the amount of wood that fits into our wheelbarrow. Let's see how high we can stack it up. Mm-hmm. And let's see what the number is. Who has a guess? What do you think? 50? Perhaps 35? I don't know. It's a magic number. And right. it's going to be in that wheelbarrow by the amount of wood we can put in. Mm. That's how the number will be revealed. Yeah, it's a mystery that we're exploring. Yeah. We're finding out. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's a hunt. Yeah, that's really neat. All, all these things are so powerful. It's so, it's so beautiful to see that. And what I'm also hearing in all this is this level of there's a group process and participation happening here. It's not you need to go clean your room, you know, which is very divisive. You know, it's just, I'm telling you what to do and now you have to go do it alone. But it's like, no, we're going to do this together. Whether you're talking about the floor mousies, whether it's putting the dolls to bed for the night, whether it's moving the firewood. Boy, these are great examples. Could you give any examples for maybe other more specific chore tasks like cleaning a room, sweeping the kitchen, maybe doing the dishes, something like that that's not just cleaning up toys? Sure. Again, I would start with rhythm. So if I see that a child is ready to sweep the floor and in the kindergarten, in my kindergarten, they were always ready at like age five, they were able to take their brooms and sweep. And I'm like, you get to sweep the floor. I would make the broom magical. Mm -hmm. I would say, oh, well, did you know what? The broom said he is a magic broom. He came from a witch and he flew all the way into our house and he can only work well with someone who's five years old because I'm a little bit too big. And he, that broom, said, you are ready to sweep the floor, but I don't know if that's true. I thought you might not be ready, but let's see. I could imagine sprinkling fairy dust in that way. We have to sweep out the old dust to make room for the fairy dust that's going to come. And everywhere your broom goes, you're like sweeping and touching it with this fairy dust or something like that. Yeah, yeah, that's beautiful, yeah. And also with the dishes that, let's say, I'm cooking, but I need someone who can do the dishes. And I'll, I first of all, I create a setup that makes it easy for the child. If it still needs a stepping stool, I put the stepping stool there. And again, we get our aprons, we stand on our stepping stool, we put in the soap. Every step along the way in the beginning can have a story that goes with it like the magic soap that goes into the water because I want to instruct the child how to do it in the right way. I'm Mm -hmm. not just like, go and wash the dishes. It takes some instruction. And so in the original instruction, you want to give an image and a story that the child can fall back on when it forgets. So how about today you get to wash the dishes while I'm still finishing up with cooking? I have so many things here, and it would be really helpful. I'll put you the stool over here, and let's put in some water. And, oh, look, it's a beautiful little bin that looks like a little lake. Oh, let's put in some soap, because the soap will make it that our dishes get nice and clean. Then we take our little dishcloth, and we're going to wash them really well your method is just again it is it is so sweet 
we both work uh, a little differently this way. I do sometimes if I see that a task or you know just something needs doing, I sometimes enter that story realm, that play realm by just sheer force of my own exuberance. I'm thinking of like, you know, maybe like a cleanup robot, you know, and you got stuff all over. I might just enter that and just be like, I'm a cleanup robot. I am a cleanup robot and just start cleaning up and doing it. And I'm acting into it and I'm giving this story. The kids will will often, if I'm excited and enjoying myself in doing that, they'll join the story. They'll want to do the same. They'll participate in that way. Okay, so I want to reiterate some of the, again, the bullet points that I hear coming out of this discussion. And, and the first one is creating a regular rhythm. And by having a rhythm to your cleanup time, that rhythm could include a consistent storyline. Whether as you introduce at the beginning, the floor mousies, or it's the cleanup robot, right? So having that rhythm. Another piece was differentiating tasks so it doesn't feel overwhelming to a young child. You have to clean the entire room. Oh gosh. But instead giving specific smaller tasks, wrapping that in this element of story, and perhaps creating ways where cleaning gives a child an ability to express their creativity and their ability to organize. Another piece I heard was it really helps to have cleanup be a group process so that there's this overall participation between you and your child or your entire family uh, so that you're all doing it together. And the really concrete piece that I hope our listeners are, are grasping is, you know, not to take any one of these particular stories, find that storyline that really resonates for you and your family and your child, finding that way to enter into that story realm, that imaginary play realm that your child is in, and actually change the direction of play toward the task that you're looking to accomplish rather than entering from outside that bubble and just declaring what needs to happen now. Oh, that can be so painful to a child whose whole play and creative realm just kind of disappears. It can easily become a conflict. How can you enter that story realm and steer your child in the direction that you would like her to go? Is there anything else that you would wrap up with? I think the adult's attitude towards cleaning is a big piece. So sometimes we have to also take that step back for ourselves and see if is there some fear of resistance that we carry? Is there something that we think like, oh, it's going to be so hard again? Are we ourselves approaching the task from a place of joyfulness or are we approaching cleaning from a place of like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe I have to clean the whole house again. What a mess. Yeah. So if I in myself, I might need to tell a story to myself. Yes. Maybe I need to say, wow, wouldn't it be amazing if I had like an whole, a whole army of mice come in here? And sometimes it's important for parents to actually share that overwhelm with the children. But in a way that it's not like, casting a shadow but it's like standing in truth i feel overwhelmed 
I don't know how we can do this. Oh, the living room is a mess and your room isn't cleaned up and the kitchen sink is full of dishes. And oh my gosh, I feel like I could use a wizard that has a wand. And then I would just swing my wand, but I don't have a wand and there is no wizard. And I don't, oh, I feel a little overwhelmed. <sighs> and then I would probably sit down, take a deep breath and say, well, I need to tell myself a story. And my story will be, well, dear mama, you don't have a wizard with a wand. But aren't you so lucky you have a helpful little child that for sure would be happy to go and clean her room while you do the living room in the kitchen. It's not so bad after all. Oh, you think that story is true? And maybe the child will say, oh yeah, I can clean my room. I can even help you clean the living room, mom. Sometimes we have to also allow ourselves to just say, oh, it's too much and I wish I could have helped. And for the child too, then at one point the child can say, oh, it's too much. And then I can say, well, and I can help you. And I wonder if there's a story living in your room. I wonder if you're stuffed animal is hiding somewhere and if we can only find it maybe it will become our helper just like you became my helper and then your stuffy will become our helper and then the stuffy has a friend and that friend will become a helper too and in the end we'll have so many helpers in the house and wow what a big story and look the room is already halfway cleaned up it's amazing Maybe there is a wizard somewhere in the corner with a wand and just didn't see him yet. Thank you for listening to How to Tell Stories to Children, a bi-weekly podcast exploring the science and methodology of storytelling from the authors of How to Tell Stories to Children an acclaimed new book empowering parents across the world. A new edition is due out in over 50 countries from Houghton Mifflin Harcourt in June of 2021. You can find children's stories from Silka Rose West and Joseph Ceresi on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash how to tell stories to children, as well as tutorials, live Q&As, patron perks, and more. Or visit our website at howtotellstoriestochildren.com. A Story Village is a collection of children's stories by Silka Rose West, ages 3 to 7. Joseph Saracy's Children's Stories, The Storytelling Loop, is for children ages 5 to 10. Help us spread the love of storytelling by becoming a patron today. <laughs>